0: Blog Talk Radio Won't you stand in your greatness
1: Good morning. Welcome to the Nurtured Heart Approach July podcast. I'm Catherine Sat Stafford. I am excited to be here this morning here in Washington State. Uh, I am a licensed clinical social worker in private practice. I'm also a Nurtured Heart Approach advanced trainer, counselor, and author. I am on air this morning with my friend, Howard Glasser, who is the creator of the Nurtured Heart Approach, and Howie is chairman of the Children's Success Foundation. Good morning, Howie.
0: Good
1: morning, Catherine. How are you? How are you? (laughs) I'm fantastic. It's Friday morning. I love Friday. I'm ready for this fantastic conversation, and I'm glad to be with Mm -hmm. you on the air.
2: Same here. I'm excited. I'm excited to share the time with you and with our guests today.
1: Absolutely. So it's summertime. You are having a summer of CTIs, um, Certification Training Intensive week-long trainings for Nurture Heart Approach certification. you want to take a couple Mm -hmm. minutes and talk about that which have already occurred and those coming up?
2: Yeah, I could do that. I'd be happy to do that. We uh, we just finished one in Sacramento which uh, I was so pleased um, that we had 120 people who um, are not only studying the approach and taking it seriously but who are who who show up because they want to bring it more squarely and solidly into their lives, and so they're diving deep. And I was, uh, you know, it's an honor for me um, to dive deep with them and kind of uh, feel like I'm, I'm I'm a party to that, and and maybe even leading them in that uh, exploration. And mm-hmm. and then. Uh, with people who were returning there were 39 people who were back again so they could advance their degree of of knowledge in this and um and we worked on leadership uh very strongly mm-hmm. and what's what's so exciting to me is that um, 120 people represent 120 initiatives Mm-hmm. um and and they're doing so many great things in the world so tomorrow i head to minneapolis where we're doing yet another one and i think we're uh, you know around 90 people there and then wow. uh, and then yeah it's so exciting and um and uh we're headed to uh the east coast um atlantic city for yet another one i I, I I I resisted Atlantic City when I first heard you know oh you know because I know it's all the casinos down there and we're actually doing the event at a casino. But then about a month ago, I embraced the idea and thought, okay, I'm not a gambler, but it'll be fun. There'll be shows, there'll be people who come down there and and make it a vacation along with the training and bring their family. So mm-hmm. I hope I hope that appeals to some people. And then, um, and then next year we're going to be doing the same in um, in England and in Australia, and I'm very excited about that. One of I'm just going to take one more second here. There was a person from Japan
0: who mm, I saw that. was in
2: Sacramento, and she was phenomenally excited about taking nurtured art approach to her country, and she's already out there doing trainings and sharing how uh, how receptive people are to that. So nothing would please me more since my brother lives in Japan to
0: mm-hmm.
2: to uh, be able to go there and do a training someday. So uh, I am very, very excited about the training of trainers you are doing. Thanks mm-hmm. for asking.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I love that you brought that up at the end. I think I wanted to really uh, put that exclamation point that for people who don't know, the certification training intensive really is the only way to become Able to train other people in Nurtured Heart Approach. So, you do have that ability once you follow through on that week long intensive. Um, Sounds fantastic, Callie. I'm so glad that you've got these coming on this summer. Um, This morning, we have the pleasure of having a conversation with Pat Bethke, and Pat is going to have a conversation with us about early childhood development. Pat has degrees in child development and family life and a Master's of Arts in Education with a research focus on social emotional learning. She was an early childhood educator for 14 years, um, at which time she was introduced and became certified in the Nurtured Heart Approach. She is the founder of Interconnections LLC, I love that name, which provides services and support and training in the Nurtured Heart Approach. Uh, She's located in the greater Minneapolis-St. Paul area. She's the mother of four adult children, grandmother of one, and lives in Lakeville, Minnesota with her husband, Tim, who's also a certified trainer or an advanced trainer, and we're going to be chatting with her right now. Good morning,
3: Pat. Good morning. Very happy to be here and share my passion with you all.
1: And it is a passion. I, I love that you named it that because that's certainly what I gather from having a conversation with you before our call. Yes. We say Howie.
2: It
3: definitely is.
2: Yeah. I would say absolutely to that. Pat has a passion. Mm-hmm. I've known Pat for so long and I'm so glad she's on our podcast today.
3: Yeah. Again, thank you. Yeah. No. Yes, I've definitely um, always had a passion connection to kids that goes way back. I think sometimes you're just inborn to that, and it's not just the fact that you're a mother or you're female. It's just there's a connection that people sometimes have to kids, and I've just you know always had that. And from the early age of babysitting and you know all the neighborhood kids and babysitting all the kids that nobody else wanted to babysit, I just was attracted to these kids and um, just you know. So it's been a joy in my life and. And of continued it on through like a business I had prior and then into teaching.
1: So let's talk about where you kind of – you you've been doing this for a long time, I gather, and I, I know you've been certified or advanced trainer for quite a number of years now. So let's talk about kind of prior to your certification, what were you doing? I know your education is in social-emotional learning. What was your work life like at that time? What were you doing?
3: You know, um, kind of as I just said, I, I've always had this connection to kids, and um, as a babysitter – um, I could always get kids to kind of do what I wanted them to do, and I never had an issue with them being uncooperative. It just it just didn't happen, and I think that's really based on that relationship. I very had a relationship focused with these kids, and, and they felt that. Um, and then actually for many years I actually did home daycare also after I graduated in early childhood. I did home daycare mm-hmm. for quite a few years. I had my own business. And again, through that you're working more kind of smaller groups and um I still I didn't have any real challenging or difficult kids that I that I um, was working with. But then I went into education, and uh, now I'm faced with um, well, I had four classrooms of 20 kids each, you know, so 80 kids, and I was running into these kids that had deficits um, in their ability to handle their emotions, or uh, you know, very intense children, and I couldn't connect with them. And it was like, what am I doing wrong? I innately know that. It's not the child. It's always something, what am I doing? So I know I felt for many years I was really out there seeking classes and looking for solutions to how do I deal with this child that's running in my classroom right now, you know. And teaching became, it wasn't fun to teach anymore. And I kind of thought, okay, what other things can I do besides teaching? You know, I kind of went through that scenario of this great group of teachers that are leaving the profession, you know. What what else can I do if I don't want to stay in teaching? Because it was really frustrating to me to know that, I'm good at what I do, but I can't even teach anymore in my classroom. So I started taking classes, you know, ADHD and attention deficit, uh, which is what attention deficit is, excuse me, and autism and and things like that, just challenging behaviors. And that's when I first heard about Nurtured Heart. And so by that time, I'd been teaching for several years. And actually, I think it was like around 2002 that I first had a glimpse of what Nurtured Heart was. By that time, I'd, you know, been raising kids and parenting for probably 25 years And I had my first aha moment that, oh, my gosh, this is something different. And it was just a snippet of what it was. And I can't even remember. I think what I remembered mostly about it was look for what's going well. Look for what's going well. Instead of going to the problem, find something that's going well. And it was something to that effect. But like all things, I don't know if I'm a slow learner or what. It took me about five years until I actually went to another class and heard about the nurturing approach again. They went, oh, my gosh, you know, it's time. I need to do something. I'm floundering here kind of in my classroom. Most of it's going well, but it takes one or two children to just kind of upset the whole classroom. And as an early childhood teacher, we have a a two-and-a-half-hour teaching span. And Mm -hmm. when you're trying to control behaviors and run around and put out fires, there's not a whole lot of time to really teach. And if one child not, you know, disrupts all the other learners also in that classroom. And, and um, so um, I finally had the aha moment at that point in time when I needed to do something else. And so then I went in and um, I actually, Howie came at that time, I think it was, the um, spring of that year. And I went just all day training here in Minneapolis. And um, I was just so totally sold. I had used it on my own that full school year before I had seen Howie. And I was blown away by just my own understanding of the approach, mm-hmm. um, how, children reacted to that, you know, and how they reacted to me by just talking to them differently and recognizing them for what they were doing well. And and I just I remember I worked with an assistant and I would just kind of look at my assistant and go, did you see how that child changed what they were doing, you know, just kind of um, it was very shocking and surprising and very uplifting to me. So then I went through the advanced training um, that following summer and came back and just knew that this is what I was going to do. And I actually, when I went back in my classroom that first year after training, I I said to myself, I want to have a really challenging classroom. And um, if I if I don't, how am I going to know this is going to work? And of course, you know, your wishes always come true, it seems like, um, in a lot of cases, and it certainly did in that case. Uh, and again, just starting to apply what I know, the techniques and such, just blew me away. And that was quite a few years ago, and things have actually fine-tuned, and things become so much more clear now. Um, So I probably wasn't doing it even after advanced training perfectly, for sure. Um, I still had a lot of questions. And then at that time, a lot of people were doing Nurtured Heart in this area. So I kind of felt alone, a little bit isolated. It's like, oh, what am I going to do? Who can I talk to? I can't, you know. So then I continued to do more and more advanced trainings and bringing my husband, bringing them them to my daughters and that type of thing. But just completely changed the way I interacted with kids, um, how I saw kids, um, how I honored kids. It just... Um, I always am on the lookout for what's going well. That's what I do. I look for what's going well instead of the problem and then trying to fix the problem. So that's, I think, the biggest change that occurred with me is, okay, well, what's going well here? You know, it might look awful and stuff, but what's going well? And I'm going to focus on that. So um, just completely turned around teaching. I love teaching. My classrooms, I could come in the fall in the first two months of my class, uh, two, first two months of the school year, I'd go, "Oh my gosh, Pat, what are you gonna do here? <laughs> what are you gonna do?" And then within a couple of months, it's like, "Oh my gosh, Pat, look at this classroom." And I have even had, you know, um specialist staff come in and say the exact same thing: "Pat, what happened to your classroom? You know, <laughs> these kids are calm. You know, these kids are responding. You know, what was it? They didn't really understand what it was, but they could feel that there was something different in that classroom, and, and kids learn, you know."
1: So I want to highlight something because I'm going back and I'm looking and and your education was in social-emotional learning. And when you said when you found Nurtured Heart Approach, you were at the place where you were highly trained, you were prepared, so to speak, for doing what you're doing, and yet you wanted to quit because you had a couple of intense kids in your classroom who were making things so challenging that you were ready to kind of throw the towel in. Is that a fair Mm -hmm. summary of what you said? So I I guess I'm thinking, though when teachers come out and they're educated and they're prepared to go work with kids and they're, Educated in social-emotional learning, what are they told to
3: do? What was kind of your nuts and bolts toolbox of how you were supposed to be teaching this? Yeah. I can go back a step and say that I don't really think that teachers are educated Mm -hmm. in social-emotional learning. I didn't do that until I did my master's, which was actually only a handful of years ago. It was after Mm -hmm. I started doing Nurtured Heart that I went Mm -hmm. back into graduate school, and that's where I focused on social-emotional purposely because that was – because what, you didn't get that body.
0: in your
1: education.
3: Because I did not get that. And, um, and I mean, you know, the studies show through my research um, that teachers aren't prepared and the um, services don't really help them and there's not a lot of help for them um, in the classroom. And so, um, and that's the value of Nurtured Heart. It is such an empowering approach and, and anybody, any teacher can do it. You don't have to have special help coming anymore into your classroom. I mean, I know it's going to be there, but it's just not necessary anymore. Um, and I learned that through Nurtured Heart prior to really focusing and, and putting a lot of research into social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Howie, have thoughts about that lovely introduction? It was a lot. Are you taking it all in?
2: I am, yes. I am <laughs> taking it all in. So um, I'm thinking
1: – oh, go ahead. Sorry, Howie. No,
2: you can. You go, Kathleen.
1: No, no. I just, I was thinking. Um, you know, when you think about the, I call them the littles, those littlest learners who I just adore working with as well, Pat. Um, when you mm-hmm. think about your goals as an educator, you know, what's your charge when you have them come into your classroom? Kind of, how do you define that? I guess then, and more, more importantly, now, what's my Were responsibility to them? Are yeah. you saying? Yeah, I guess that's a nice way of putting it.
3: My responsibility as I say to every parent at every first conference that I have is what I want is I want this children to come this child your child to come in and I want them really to be engaged and to love school. I want them to come in as as, because there's a lot of years of school left. And if kids already in preschool, which it does happen, already dislike school. So that is my goal is to say, look at who you are, look at how well you're doing. I want them to be here because they wanna be here. And um, and that's really my focus. I want you to be successful in this, and I'm going to do everything I can um, to ensure that you are going to be successful, and you're going to feel okay. like you're part of our class, and you're not going to feel like you're an outcast. You're, um, I I know. You know, we include everybody. When you do Nurtured Heart, mm-hmm. we talk about how you don't just do Nurtured Heart with one child. It's it's you do it in your classroom, it's just who you are. And so you're there identifying every kid and making sure that they know that, they're ma- that they matter, that, mm-hmm. that you know, I really mm-hmm. appreciate you.
0: Um, and,
3: and this is your greatness, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and so they're excited. They're excited to be there. They're but excited yeah, to learn. That's and,
2: the part that really takes off for me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You're helping them to feel it's not just logging successes, which can be more like behavior management. It's not just uh, keeping them under control, but it's what you just said about wanting them to feel successful, wanting them to feel meaningful. Um, mm-hmm and value. That's what absolutely came through. And mm-hmm. and to me that's what really changes the course and the trajectory of their launch into education. Yep. You know, so you yep. have them mm-hmm. at this special moment in time where they can mm-hmm. uh lose traction or gain traction. Yeah. Don't you think?
3: Pardon? Oh definitely I, oh. I I mean all studies show that, you know, the the same kids who are acting out in preschool um, are uh-huh. going to be the kids that are going to be acting out their entire life if there's not some type of intervention that comes into play. And um, I know there's a um, a group, it's called, TA- well, it's an organization called Taxi, and I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's specific to early childhood and it's specific to social emotional learning. Um, and I think um, they're, they're funded through grants um, by the U.S. Department of Education, but It's called the Technical Assistance Center, uh, Technical Assistance Center on Social Emotional Intervention, and um, they offer, you know, a lot of information um, about um, the importance of social emotional learning. And they've done some um, research, and they actually have a fact sheet that they put out that talk about um, early behavior problems in preschool and what that does to the child as they grow up. And there's one huge statement I think that they make that says that um, um, early behavior problems in preschool would be the single best predictor of like delinquency and gang membership Mm. and, um, adult incarceration, actually, and um, these kids obviously have a high risk of school failure. You know, if, if they don't have the social-emotional skills, they can't learn and retain information. Okay, they're in an emotional state. They can't learn and retain information. So they're losing a lot of education. And so, yeah, okay. of course they're going to drop out of school. And mm-hmm. and um, they're, you know, like, more likely to drop out and abuse drugs. And, and they start off by saying that... Um, their lives, their adult lives, will be characterized by violence and loneliness and anxiety. And that's like, oh, my gosh, we're kidding. And that's preschool. They already know that child in preschool. If we can't provide some intervention and support to these kids, you know, it's a lifelong unhappy life, you know. Mm-hmm. They just will not be successful in life in general. So. um mm-hmm. Why not reach it now in in early? I mean, it's great at any level. I really appreciate secondary teachers because they're their last hope in some cases. But, hey, I can reach these kids in early childhood. And now that first grade, second grade, third grade teacher, you know, they're already going to have now these skills. And it's just going to make life so much easier for those teachers. And and they can just continue on the process, you know. And we have these kids using that intensity in wonderful ways and just being these (coughs) successful adults. So... Mm-hmm. I
1: have these really strong memories of visiting a couple of preschools where I was called in as a consultant, and, and the kids didn't even know I was coming. And you, know, you walk to that front door, and all the kids come gathering around. Oh, mm-hmm. you're here to see so-and-so. And everybody Fresh. in that classroom, even in three-year-old classrooms, know exactly why I'm there, because the adults who mm-hmm. come who aren't typically there are coming to deal with so-and-so. And it yeah. was so striking to me that even at three, you know, that child's been pegged, and there's mm-hmm. his trajectory. Usually a he. Sometimes it's a girl as well, but, you know, usually it's our little mm-hmm. boys. And they're mm-hmm. on that path. And so I think you're right. Unless we have something very strategic to pull them off that path that they're on,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, in some ways they're doomed. I hate to say that because it sounds so gloom and doom, but it kind of is for some of these kiddos. And so here comes Nurtured Heart Approach, you know, this very mm-hmm. specific paradigm that pulls them off that trajectory and on
3: to one of use in their intensity in an amazing way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I you know, I agree that I do I do sub still in the school system just to kinda of keep up in that besides doing my business and I can go into a classroom and it's exactly what you say. The kids specifically, an you know, early child of three years old will say, Oh, he's not a good kid, you know, he's the mm-hmm. bad kid mm-hmm. It's like, Oh my gosh, my heart breaks and I've got two and a half hours mm-hmm. here to try to change that That <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and, and point out all the great things he's doing, you know. Um you know, so I take every moment that I can to do that even if I am just stepping for half of the day, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's Mm. really bad.
2: Wow. Wow. Um,
1: Let's go ahead and spend a couple time, a minute or two or three or 20 if we want to, to talk about kind of the nuts and bolts of Nurture Heart Approach and how it shows up in your little classroom or how you go in and support teachers to have it show up in their classroom and how it's so different than what's typically in there with really loving, intended, um, delightful teachers. You know, how is this different? For those who don't know, because remember, we've got an audience who may
3: not know about Nurtured Heart Approach. Um. So, okay, so what we, well, you know, I just kind of did an overview of, of yeah. kind of like I the differences. Okay, so um, I'll go traditionally. First, traditionally, when you are um, dealing with any kind of child who's intense or has challenging behaviors, we typically go to the problem, we're trying to teach, the lesson of Johnny, um, you don't hit when they're hitting. That's what we try to do. You know, that's not kind. That's not um, nice. People aren't going to like you. And we do it in a very kind way as teachers. You know, but we're trying to teach them always. But we typically pick those moments when, you know, they're doing something wrong. And now Howie always says that that's upside down. And so um, what Nurtured Heart does is basically just the opposite is we are looking for those opportunities when a child is doing something well. And we're going to say, wow, I'll look at you right now. Look at how cooperative you're doing. You're sharing toys. What a great friend you are. And mm-hmm. we download, we call this a portfolio. We download this portfolio of this child that, gosh, I can share. I'm a good friend. I'm kind. I'm thoughtful. I'm cooperative. Um, and so that's the way we teach values that, you know, we want to see growing our kids. Um, and the other thing we do is when they do have those behaviors, those challenging, difficult behaviors, what we're going to do is we just don't give a lot of energy to them. on kids feed off energy. I don't know if feed off is a really good word, but they're very, they need this energy. I, I, a lot of times when I do trainings, I'll tell people, you know, if you look at we we all, you know, all have different intensities. Human beings all have different intensities. And with young kids, um, you know, there's the really shy child and then there's a the really intense child. And if I tend to go to a chi- shy child and like, hey, how are you? Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, I just, I freak them out, you know, I scare them. So I know that I need to, you know, approach that child in a very quiet, more demeanor, you know, quite demeanor mm-hmm. way so that I can connect with them. Well, the opposite is kind of true with that child. That's got a lot of intensity. Um, I have to kind of approach them in a more intense way. And if, if I don't do that, they're going to certainly find ways to get that uh, relationship and that energy from me. It's kind of that, that need that they have for that energetic need. So, what, But what we do now, so when they act out, basically they're just trying to get <clears throat> Our relationship, our energy—they're trying to get, um, you know, to see me, see me. I matter, you know. And unfortunately, do it in kind of—they've learned to do it in kind of a messed-up way. And so, I'm going to undo that. I'm going to reteach them that that no longer is how you're going to get that energy that you're, you know, wanting um, and needing, probably. Um, and so, when they act up and do something wrong, I'm not going to give a lot of energy to it. I'm just not going to give a lot of relationship to it. I can be very clear and say, I need you to stop, but I'm not going to give relationship to it. If they don't stop, I'm not going to run around the room and try to make them stop. So what I'm going to do is I am going to now put them kind of sort of like in a, we, we call it kind of like a, a time or in a reset position. So it's like um, when your behavior changes, I welcome you back. So I don't give a lot of focus. At the moment, the moment that I see any behavior changes or any see any slight improvement, I go, "Wow, look at you! You were just, you know, really upset and you were throwing twice and you're not anymore. What does that say about you? Wow! It tells me you have self-control and you're being cooperative and you're showing, you know, so, so much respect for our mm-hmm. classroom. So, um, so does that explain what you kind of, or is that an idea of what you wanted? The other thing with that's great about Maturity Heart is. The foundation for teaching social emotional skills is relationship. You have to have relationship, mm-hmm. And I know, um, especially with a lot of, I hear this from teachers too, well, how am I supposed to build a relationship with this child who's driving me crazy and kind of ruining right. my classroom? How do you do that? Right. And mm-hmm. the wonderful thing about Nurture Heart is we actually, it actually shows us step-by-step how do we build relationships. In graduate school, um, the focus is on, how to make kids accept or how to make um, students be successful in school, and they call this the three R's, which is rigor, relevance, and relationship. And rigor is just, you know, having this intense curriculum so that kids are prepared for the outside world. And relevance just means that we want to be relevant to their life so that they are engaged in school. Mm -hmm. But they talk about relationship, and unfortunately, they don't ever tell you how to do it. There's tons of information on curriculum. There's tons huh. of information on how to make it relevant for kids, you know, technology, et cetera. But there's not a lot of information that explains the steps to build relationships, and that's what nurture Heart mm-hmm. does. Um, they say, you know, through the uh, recognitions that we do, just identifying kids. Um, when I just identify something, I'll tell the kids, I just have to tell you what I just saw here, and then I replay back exactly what I saw. And it shows that kids, you matter, you're important, you're, you know, I really care about you. Um, And it also, when we do that alone, it helps kids kind of change their behavior. And then the next thing we do is we put that value to it, um, that that internal value, what we call inner wealth, and we we put a word to it that explains what I just saw you do. So I just saw you sharing. Wow, that tells me that you're a great friend. That tells me that you're generous. That tells me that you really care about other people. That tells me that you're inclusive. You know, what does that mean? So we give that word to it. And then when they're not doing those behaviors, mm-hmm. we tell them, "I really appreciate that you're really not frustrated right now. You could be, but look at how well you're handling that." You know, mm. so hey, I have a child I, I, go I,
2: ahead. Love, I, I just want to jump in there for a second, and yes. and, um, and if you could just a bookmark where you're going, is um, I want to the part I want to highlight is it's the image I got from your from what you just said is is uh you're taking a thread of inner wealth like a like like if you were investing in a with a brokerage and they had you in four different kinds of accounts, you know one of the accounts is is your um, uh your belief in your respectfulness and your ability to collaborate might be one of the one of the accounts you have in your uh lifetime investment in in gaining inner wealth. And and so you're you're taking a thread of that inner wealth that pertains to that and you're making a deposit into that account by saying here you are have showing this this quality. I, I really I really right. got a very strong I get your passion and I got a very strong image from you <laughs> Mm-hmm. Of, uh, I'm of you doing that. I, I love yeah. that you put it in that particular way.
3: Yeah, it's just another great analogy. We are. We're adding to their bank accounts. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. So I'm not good at those analogies, Holly. that's where really, you are so fantastic with that. With <laughs> the understanding of things. That right. Analogies don't come naturally to me. And when I hear other people do this, I'm going, oh, how do they do that? <laughs> that's really awesome. So, yeah, thanks. That's cool. Oh. New analogy now about that. But yeah, so um, I don't know if I need to talk anymore about that, but again, you know, I think I was just going through the techniques and um, and the technique of um, recognizing kids when they are not doing something they could be doing, and it sounds really strange that mm-hmm. that would build inner wealth, but it so does. I mean, when I tell a child you're, you know, um, you're you're working really diligently on this, and you could be really, you know, frustrated or you could just you could be really upset about how this is working, but you're not. And then um, they just stand taller. Kids can't lie, um, especially young kids. And that's what's so interesting about working with long, young kids is it's physically so visible. You know, you always can tell what they're thinking. You know, if they're going to they're, they, they shift their bodies one way or the other. Should I do this or shouldn't I do this? Where am I going to mm-hmm, get the mm-hmm. energy? It's mm-hmm. visual. You can see them, I and it just makes me smile watching this kid. I know exactly. Yeah. You know, Okay, I know I need yeah. to oomph and give a a little more
2: energy in this area because this is where I want you. <laughs> yeah, you know, so. I had a. I, I uh, Catherine, you'll get a kick out of this too. Um, I had my first session in probably ten years. Other than, <laughs> you know, other than um, once in a blue moon in a training, uh, having in the mm-hmm. past I used to do sessions, but uh, this one was at a, as a as a, a favor to uh, somebody. Uh, in this community I admire and um, who had his, a um, a grandson who she was concerned with. And this kid has only, this, this kind of partially speaks to what Pat was talking about. This kid only had prior exposure by way of recommendations uh, to therapy based on ABA.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and not that I'm an ABA specialist. I I really am not well informed about that, but but um, I just simply went in and wanted to meet the child and see where nurtured heart would would um, accelerate this and mm-hmm. and um, I, you know and the the way I explained it to the grandma and the mother is I want to see if I can get the lights to come on mm-hmm. and um, and I just felt my way into the very things that pass talking about, you know, appreciating the child for things he's not doing uh, wrong and uh, for what he's doing right and trying to uh, speak to a piece of inner wealth or not. And, you know, um, uh, it's really interesting that I got a – and my main goal was to get the other adults in the room to, to see the beauty of this and take it up. and. And without any prior nurtured art training, that they didn't have any prior training. Um, I, w- I was so excited to get a email uh, the next day saying uh, that he's he's just essentially responding in a different way, and that he's mm. his he he's, he's now making eye contact, and he's you know they they listed a bunch of things that they, they were really highly excited about and appreciative about. And um, um, it just dawned on me, Pat, that, wow, that was good timing for me to have that session in light of you being mm-hmm. on this podcast. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's such a, a – it is essentially a different thing we're doing. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Way to be courageous, Howie. Step in there.
0: Well,
2: just, yeah, Thanks. Just,
0: well,
1: thanks and, to and, you. <laughs> Well, the Thanks rubber hits you, the road, Pat. right,
2: Howie? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks yeah. to you. Um, and so I'm 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 very excited by the fact that you can not only uh, reach these kids, Pat, and you know you can, and 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 give them a turn you know get their lights to turn on, but but that you're teaching other people to do that as well. Mm-hmm. You want something yeah, that part of it, Pat uh, the teaching other people. Can I highlight something before we go on?
1: Mm -hmm. Howie? Go ahead. I want to go ahead and highlight something just because I want to make sure for any listener it's very, very clear. When you were talking about the behaviors and how we respond to the behaviors and we don't give a lot of energy to it, I want to make sure it's very clear to people that that does not mean we're ignoring behavior, right? Mm -hmm. We're not taking it personally because it's not about us and we're not Mm -hmm. ignoring it, but we are providing that, um, that feedback for clarity ever when a rule's been broken, but I also want to highlight that we're also looking at that I, I think it was Sarah Howe who said once and I love it the idea of what goes out tells you what needs to go in, so when we're mm-hmm. looking for those those holes in, in experiential learning with their social emotional skills, you know so when I see a behavior, it's you know maybe that child's been such a high wire that he doesn't know how to, you know, sit at a table and and share resources with kids or respond to a frustration or something like that. So then we're looking for those moments to teach that experientially, right, by showing when it's happening Mm -hmm. just a little Mm -hmm. bit. And that's where the magic happens. Um, I wanted to highlight that, and I also wanted to highlight we kind of glossed through Stand 3. And we brought it up a little bit, Howie, last week, and Mm -hmm. I think it's so relevant for these little guys or for our kiddos who have regulation issues that that third stand of clarity really provides safety for kids. And when the rules are clear and the structure is clear, they feel safe and they feel engaged, and then they're totally available for learning. And that's the beautiful thing that comes with Nurtured Heart Approach as well. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay. Um, I wanted to highlight that. And now back to you, and how are you teaching this now out
3: there to your greater region, I'm assuming, Okay, you're talking about through interconnections, basically, my business. Is that what you're referring yeah. to?
1: Yeah, let's go ahead. We're, okay. we're on 10 yeah. minutes, so let's go
3: ahead and jump to Okay, okay now right. you've got All this right. great experience yeah. base. What are you doing with it? So what I do now is, and actually I kind of summer retired um, retired. I do have a granddaughter now, too. Um, she's just two years old. Um, I can kind of say something really quick about that. I knew how well Nurtred Heart worked um, with the preschoolers from three, age three on up because I used it and I saw it happening. I was always about, could you use this with younger kids? And Mm -hmm. I started using this with my granddaughter basically when she was born and I know her mom did too. Um, And it's amazing. And especially if you want to go into the the resetting part, Ellie and resetting is when they, you know, collect themselves and they calm themselves um, and we're very clear about what is okay and what's not okay. And Ellie at like probably about 15 months already learned to reset herself. Um, and and she almost kind of taught it to herself, but through experiences that we gave her, for instance, um, when we would leave, we'd give a hug and kiss goodbye. So she started this kind of thing as as if we said no, she would hug and kiss, and then she was okay. She could calm herself through that hugging and kissing thing, and that was her reset. And so we started Hmm. using that, you know, hug and kiss, and oh, you know, wow, look at you reset, you know. So that's really cool. You can teach kids that reset, and, and they're the ability to kinda of reset themselves and, and, and kind of calm themselves down at a very young age, which um I was really shocked about. But um so what I do now, back to that, is um I do trainings. I um do parent trainings. I I sometimes work with community ed. I've spoken at mental health conferences yep. Um, schools will have me come in and do, you know, presentation. Um, obviously, my expertise is in early childhood. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I've been through enough advanced trainings that now I've got plenty of stories to share at all age groups. Um, you know, so that's kind of what I'm doing right now. And basically, it's, you know, personal, personal requests usually. I've done a lot of mom's groups. I've spoken at Down syndrome um, Meetings, um, that type of thing. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now, and um, sharing my experiences and and um, teaching nurtured heart through the great training modules. Um, mm-hmm. So also, I'm when you talked about um, Catherine about the cl- the difference between the no energy and ignoring.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: That is really, and I know I didn't talk about that. So thank you for clarifying that because to me. When that became really clear with Nurtured Heart, and I think through these new training modules that we all use as as trainers now, that's very clear um, about the difference. Because ignoring just obviously lets kids up the ante and they're going to get worse. That's right. Ignoring never makes behavior go away. But if you don't give energy to it and say, I need you to stop, and then the moment they do, wow, look at you stop. Look at how you controlled yourself. That was really challenging. But you did it. What does that say about who you are? And my granddaughter, right now, her big thing is, um, you know, what does that say about you, Ellie? You know, I'm a cooperator. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's her mm-hmm. big new word right now. And so. she's how old? She's two, just, just so, two and a half. And I half love half. that. So um, people,
1: get, I think, often yeah. get afraid to use the big, juicy words. I did a training at my – not a training. I did a greatness group with my son in the second grade class, and it was sweet because the teacher was like, yeah, but I think the words were too big or there were too many or something like that. I'm like, oh, no, mm-hmm. please, please let the kids no. learn the big, juicy words about them yeah. because they give mm-hmm. it desirable and that we love it. Yeah. We want to see more mm-hmm. of it. So teach them tenacity yeah. and being cooperative and all those, mm-hmm. those great things at two. Yeah.
3: Yeah, um, Yeah. one thing I did in my I love that. okay. I yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and a lot of that stuff does not come naturally for us. At least it did not for me, finding those mm-hmm. words to describe the value of that child. And mm-hmm. I know when I first went through my first year, I actually would bring a cheat sheet into my classroom, and I'd write down these are the behaviors of the kids, and this is what they're being. And, I mean, it sounds silly, but I needed to do that until it became part of my language. Um, and then another year, like, I had a wall of greatness, and we went through the ABCs. It was the one year before kindergarten class mm-hmm. was teaching. And I made a wall of greatness, and as we went through the alphabet, we put up words that identified greatness. Um, and then I'd stop mm-hmm. and say, oh, what does that say about you? And we'd look at the wall of greatness, you know, and so then what happens is you see it, and even as young as three, the kids saying that, you know, Miss Pia, look at them, they're being really, you know, respectful, that you see these kids saying this to each other. So it's really, it's just, it just makes your heart sore. <laughs> Pat, I think you highlighted
1: the essence of what's different about Nurtured Heart Approach from everything else when you said basically it's our process. I mean, I think everything else out there, at least in my experience, is one well, I've, you know, I've learned a lot of different parenting paradigms and whatever, and it really is about what do you do and how do you respond to a particular behavior, what do you do when, and Nurture mm-hmm. Heart really brings it back to it's not about the behavior. It's about us. It's about how we show up. It's mm-hmm. about where we put our energy, and it doesn't have to do with the behavior at all which is so, so different from yeah. everything else out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: Definitely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree with you. It's just a whole different approach. And I know in schools, um, especially when you're working with kids with IEPs and such, um, the goals typically are always to stop something, you know, to stop right. this or to stop that. And, and so I think the focus does a lot of time with them just generally go to the negative and um, – you know how, um, well, in our training modules, uh, excuse me, we have that um, depiction of the dot on the white piece of paper and mm-hmm. this is the child's bad behavior and this is all the greatness and, you know, whatever we focus on is going to grow, so let's focus right. on everything that they're doing right, you know, and right. um, that dot's going to shrink, you know. It's, um, that behavior just goes away because they don't want to, they, they they love the way they feel now. They love who they are and this is
0: right.
3: how they're now going right. to present themselves. So. So rather than what do we
1: do if X behavior shows up, what do we do all the beautiful times when it doesn't, right? How do we yep. shift that Exactly,
3: line? exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: In your world, working mm-hmm. with kiddos, have you been hearing about the new um, Inside Out emotions movie that's out with Pixar? Has that come
3: into your radar, Pat? No, uh, I know my daughter. I think my daughter went and saw it. And it's supposed to be really good. No, I have not. I don't. I haven't seen it or. I've heard it was good. I don't know anything really about it though. But how have you? It's care? been fun.
1: All, no, all of my client kiddos who've been coming back and having heard it, you know, basically what they're saying is the essence is all of our feelings are okay. They're all necessary. They're yeah. all a part of us. And you know, yeah. they, the kids yeah. get it. And so when we take that mm-hmm, focus mm-hmm. off of, you know, behaviors being something scary and it needs to stop, and we're just supporting right. kids navigating through them, particularly yeah. the little guys. You know, all yeah. of our emotions are okay. And how do I help them you navigate yeah. through it to success? Yeah, um,
0: that's,
3: that's fun, fun, fun. Yeah, extremely important. And I just want to put one last thing in that about those emotions is I think it's so important to identify those emotions
1: right? and
3: say, look, how you're handling it. You could be doing right. a lot of these things, but look at how you're handling yourself. Um, you know, there's a lot of sadness in the world, and we want to teach kids it's okay to be sad. Don't save I think a lot of parents want to save their kids from being sad and save their kids from right. this. And we're just in the opposite. We're doing – we're really <laughs> – Causing harm when we do that because we want kids right. to experience sadness and know I can get through this because I have, right. I do. You know, so important. And
1: I think even the idea of moving beyond mad, sad, and glad and looking for that, particularly again with our littles, look at you being disappointed and how you're handling it. Look at you being confused or frustrated or worried and look at how you're handling it, right? Versus make the feeling yep. stop. And Nurture right. Heart is such a beautiful platform to deliver that support in a really healthy way. Wow. I'm going to pause for just a second while you kind of gather your thoughts, and I'm going to find my next point, which is that uh, next month we're going to be having Tammy Jacobs on, and she's going to be talking about greatness activities for working with children, teens, and tweens, um, not just for family situations but just working with kiddos. Um, I want to invite listeners to become followers of the Nurtured Heart Approach channel on Blog Talk Radio and remind listeners that all of our shows are um, archived and you can go to blogtalkradio talk radio backslash nurtured heart approach and find all those there, most recent going backwards. Um Howie, we have a foundations class coming up. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
2: Yes. And what's different about that class is that the approach is broken up into six segments, six weeks, and uh and it it's designed to hold your hand and walk you through week by week with some new reading material um designed only for that class with exercise uh, with with assignments designed for that class to put it into action and then we come back each week with a live class hmm. um so some of the classes online and available for the person to read and to hear my voice and have slide-by-slide uh, slide me take them through this process. But then the juicy part for me, and apparently for people who've gone through this class, is then you get to, um, to take your interest, your growing, progressing interest, and uh, bring it to the forum, and that translates into interaction. Mm-hmm. on uh, on live calls where where the you know, the themes the each week there's you know, there is uh, anything from help me with this to mm-hmm. here's what's mm-hmm. going well and and there's usually two or three themes that really just top uh for participants and and so those those themes become part of a live thread of interaction each week. It's, So much
1: fun. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So it's an experience of kind of nuts and bolts with the creator of the approach, which happens to be you, right? Or who Mm -hmm.
2: happens to be you? Well, in this case, it happens to be me. And I actually, um, I love that part of what I get to do for for the work.
3: And I, you know, I can just put my two cents in. I have done the foundations course several years Uh ago, and it is great. And it's great that you can go and, you know, practice this for a week, come back and talk, and then they share and the camaraderie that you have with a group of people. It's it's really, it is a right. really, really great experience, really. Young. Yeah, there's something
2: about that group of people, isn't there, Pat? Mm-hmm.
3: There definitely is. You you build relationships with these people, though you've never seen them. You know?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it's really, really, Absolutely. it's
3: a good experience.
1: Howie, since you were so excited about it, I'm going to let you plug our book again since it's kind of relevant to early childhood education, correct? Ah, yes.
2: So Catherine Stafford is author of uh, several children's books. If you go to Amazon.com, you will see her uh, existing children's books, which I love. And I was just looking at one earlier today. And... and she has approached me with the prospect of a children's book, and i you know at first thought I don't do children's books you know <laughs>
0: um
2: i i i you know I'm gonna stick to you know my focus and then uh she wrote one uh called to your greatness um and and I asked uh you know first of all i i would sign my emails for years to your mm-hmm. greatness and I, and i autographed books to your greatness and uh and so it was very meaningful to me and i asked if i could interact with her and we could consider doing what this one together and uh it turned out that's what she had in mind <laughs> so shocking uh, shocking <laughs> and then we uh we had this series of incredibly beautiful heart art paintings that uh our friend Annie Leibovitz Leibovit, um had done already and and so we asked Annie if she'd be a collaborator and my daughter got involved with the you know the project uh uh you know in the design part and and so uh the book will uh is is at the printer and i got to see a first um, uh the galleys of it for approval and um i have approved because it made me so excited to see and i shared them with my daughter this week and she was thrilled beyond measure and and so the lucky people who are going to be in minnesota this week at rcti are going to get it because I'm going to pass it around, and um, we'll have it in our hands in book form, Catherine, in um, in the beginning of September.
1: That's super exciting! Thank you, Howie, and thank you for the honor of doing that with you and with Annie as well. All right, back to you, Pat. If you have any like parting words, some pearls of wisdom that you would like to share with guests, you know, who work with these little
3: guys um, in terms of Nurture heart approach. Um, just really you know, quickly, really quickly. I what I want to say is I just finished doing a training for teachers um, just a couple of weeks back, and uh, the comments I got from them were, you know, I'm so excited to use this. This is a really exciting approach, and it's a simple approach. Um, it mm-hmm. takes some changing of habits and thought processes, but it's not rocket science. And And so it's really something anybody can do. You don't have to have, you know, (laughs) be this amazingly um, intelligent person to do it. Anybody can do it. And um, it's just about changing focuses and being aware and being very intentional. So, um, and that's the beauty, I think, also of this approach is um, take it and go with it and trust it. And when Mm -hmm. you do that, um, amazing things happen. Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. amazing that you Mm can't, wouldn't expect to happen. So. Thank
1: you. I was, I was, um, I taught my son's preschool when he was going to preschool because I was being kind of selfish and wanted him to go to a Nurture Heart Approach school, and so I trained them, and they've Mm -hmm. now been trained for half a dozen years, and what they told me was the feedback in the community from all the local elementary schools is hands down their kids are more ready for kindergarten than any of the other preschools
0: that are feeding into the
1: area. So it does beautiful, beautiful work to get kids ready for the older years. Um, Thank you you so much, Pat. As always, thank you to listeners who have a commitment to learning more about Nurture Heart Approach, nurturing greatness in the hearts of children. Thank you so much Pat for the work that you're doing, bringing Nurture Heart Approach to our littles and also for supporting adults who work with them in ways that support healthy development mm-hmm. and love of learning. I appreciate your time yeah. and your passion yeah. for these kids. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for right.
2: <laughs> Howie last word. Catherine Stafford. Yes, thank you so much for being our brilliant lead host. I so appreciate you. And Pat, thank you profusely for uh for sharing your passion and your brilliance and uh for changing lives. Most mm-hmm, of all. Yeah. I, I love mm-hmm. that you're out there um shaping and transforming and 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 uh changing lives for being you. And um yeah. I love that you are a nurtured heart family.
3: Yeah, that is that is good, but yeah. And you know what, this you also do it for yourself and it, it, it and it's not just for the kids, it's for me too because I feel so good about myself right. and what I do too. So, you know, it's it's just all part of it. Um, mm. part of the whole big picture is I'm nurtured hard and that's great about me. And that's all it really I would need, but I can also do and have this great effect on others. So yeah.
1: Beautiful. And cheers to no more kid good. being that kid anymore. Thank you right. guys. We look forward to coming yep. together again next month and until then, goodbye for now.
3: Okay. Goodbye.
1: Bye guys. Bye bye. Any stories shared in this broadcast are amalgams of experiences based on the use of the Nurtured Heart Approach by our hosts and our guests and are not based on any particular person, child, or adult.